All right, we are live. It's 8.08 on the last day of 2023. Uh, phones are now officially open if you want to call in and comment any last remarks, any final thoughts on the passing year. Uh, 2023 was a big one, characterized, I think, in large part by, I guess, I guess that's what we should open this up for to discuss, because uh, it was kind of a mixed bag. Uh, 2022 was a little more about the midterms and the big Kraken, but this last year was kind of a, a mix of things, and we'll definitely get into it. One of the curveballs was uh, female mass shooters, left-wing masked uh, shooters, kind of a curveball twist, a plot twist. And then, of course, the the buildup towards uh, World War III slash Civil War continues unabated, and we'll continue to go through a lot of that. And I think right now, as we speak, I believe that the uh, pro-Hamas protesters are going to Times Square. And yesterday and the day before, I was talking about how Times Square went dark for the first time ever. 27 billboards went dark. Then they played some Christmas thing. But the point of it is, it went dark. And 27 billboards caught my ear because I remember Matrix Reloaded had a 27-block blackout so they could access the door where the uh, architect was. This is all reset stuff. So I'm thinking, wait, reset, blackouts, 27, Times Square. And now we have uh, Hamas rolling in, which um, could only mean, I'm not sure, I mean, I was like, you know what, hopefully they're patting down any pro-Palestine protesters for uh, rubber babies or child-sized surgical training dolls because they could be planning some kind of simulated mass casualty event. Wouldn't want to get any fake blood on you. And one of the things for 2024 I'm going to insist upon is that nobody carries blood for the mainstream media or the alt-media agitprop theater. In fact, I released an article this morning Truthers are alt-media counter-narrative propaganda mules. And we'll discuss this among other things. But one thing that has become clear in the last year with the whole Twitter X thing is that they have decided the best way to, dr to silence the truth is to drown it. So they're trying to drown the truth wherever it emerges. And we're living through right now the mental equivalent of an atom bomb. You know, I've said before that the advent of the fake nuke meant that they moved us into the movie reality, the Truman Show, away from objective reality into their subjective universe that they control, which is true. But they're doing the equivalent right now with the information itself, the information war. They're nuking your minds. And the more I look at this, the more sense it makes, because I've been waiting for Trump to detonate a nuclear bomb. I'm like, where's Trump's mushroom cloud? You know, we're getting near the end of the year. Is there going to be some crescendo, or is it going to happen next year? And then there's this big story about Trump's word cloud, meaning the words that are in his mind that characterize his thoughts, taken from his truth social, revealed that he's obsessed with revenge and power and dictatorship. But they showed this word cloud ominously as though it were a literal mushroom cloud. And for all intents and purposes, it is. They're getting the public to be afraid of words like they would fear nuclear fallout. In the same way, they got the public to fear misinformation in the same way that they fear viruses. 
you can see how they're leading the sheeple. By the way, um, if in 2024 your friends lose their minds, I would say you can join us here. Here's a new ad. Did your friends leave the world behind for the next PSYOP? Make new ones at Infinite Plane Radio. Live 9 p.m. Mountain Daylight Time, weeknights at IPS.Monster. And this is going to happen. We're going to see a lot of people get drawn into the MSM Plus, in deeper into the matrix. You see, the blue pillars are generally their face just right up against the screen. And they're still somewhat in reality. The conspiracy theorists are the ones who are all the way in like Alice in Wonderland through the looking glass. However, during psychological operations, big events, terror attacks, elections, everybody in the blue pill world goes a little bit through the screen. One step further removed from reality, and we're going to see it, and it's going to be very clear. We're going to be the ones left behind. We're going to be, it's going to be like the rapture. It's going to be some kind of, well, I would say it's going to be the equivalent of a rapture. Uh, mentally, psychologically, and loosh-wise. They're all just going to be giving it up to the political theater. All right, let's see who has joined us. Again, this is the last night of the year, so if you want to call in. Nicotrama says 2023 is way better than the last three. Joined by Nick, uh, Nicotrama, I'm sorry, uh, 5 Minutes of Fame, says happy 2K24. Thank you for joining. Kevin Mooring says New Year's theme is Doomsday Bunkers. So 2012, maybe CERN took us back in time. Yeah, I realize that. There's a strong element here of doomsday prepperism that's suddenly showing up among the people who'd be in the know like Mark Zuckerberg. But we all know where it's at. Infinite Plane Radio. Hey, Tim? Yes, yes. Hey, how you doing? It's Al. I finally caught you, huh? <laughs> yes, you caught me. Uh, first, uh, first caller of the last night of the year. Oh, how great is that, huh? <laughs> Listen, a few, two things. I, I wanted to catch up with you. One is, did you ever catch up with Dr. Shiva's camp? They've been trying to reach out to you, and I believe they said they contacted you, uh, but I haven't heard anything since. Um, did you? Okay, I do have the contact information with the assistant, and maybe I could possibly make something happen now. I think 2024 will be more conducive to uh, guests. You know, this year I took up a lot of time with this legal stuff, but that's all behind me now. The final hurdle was crossed oh, that's last great. night. You know, you know why? Notice they never let Shiva on any of the debates. No one wants to talk to him. So that lets you know something, right? Because he, he brings it real. And this guy, Vivek, steals all Shiva's points. They threw, they trot him out there. He's like the Dr. Shiva that they can control. And uh, Dr. Shiva's all over this guy. Dr. Shiva... Pulls no punches, man. I, yes. He punches them in the face with his words. I see him on Instagram, and you know this made me think of something, because we were getting behind this daredevil, uh, Mad Mike Hughes, and his mission to put uh, this research flat Earth on a rocket and you know blast off and get a lot of attention on the NASA deceptions, etc. Just stuff that we were looking into. Anyway, at the exact time that he emerged, this clone of him came out to show up at the conferences and to meet with the media and it was literally some kind of a, a deep fake clone they made to steal his persona for you know to overshadow him yeah, yeah and, that's and what they do right yeah it's an operation and i think dr shiva is probably targeted in the same way so they can diffuse him as a contender oh absolutely i mean the 
I mean, you two pulling together, I mean, it will be, it will be a force to contend with. Because Shiva calls them out on, on everything. I mean, they can't stand him. And the thing is, nobody, all these people are supposed to be, all we want to get, be fair and get both sides, they won't interview him. Yeah, that's, and here, that's he, here a, he is. Technically, he's running for president, right? But they won't even interview. They won't even talk about it. What this guy Dave? What's it? Um, uh, Dave and and uh, what's it? What's his channel? Um, uh, uh, um, the the guy Dave. Uh, uh, oh my goodness, I can't remember his channel. The, the, everyone listens to him. Um, Margie, what's this? The, but look, guy's I, I would like to have um, him on. The fact is, there's there's a a financial incentive to having any presidential candidate on board and the fact that they're not even just exploiting it for that, for clicks, for views, they probably are afraid of what he'll say. He might not be adhering to the guardrails. And that's what I'm realizing here is that these politicians that adhere to guardrails will never take you where you think they're going to take you. Uh, that's where people went wrong with Trump because he's part of the system and you have to be a legitimate outsider. And of course the outsiders are basically outside of the, the, um, the the inner chambers they're always left out yeah and the other thing now you might have covered this but i got this epiphany i'm gonna throw it out there i might be late to the party if, if i am for, forgive me as you always bring out that the names are significant for these psyops right for the, the names that they give these people when they plan in these things i have i have a uh, a marking background, so you know, did some stuff with Madison Avenue, so I know you know how these think tanks work, right? right. So they give names that's going to suit the character and and the characteristic of that character. Bernie Madoff, we all know that's a psyop, right? Yes, yes, Bernie Madoff with a lot of money. Uh, okay, Goldman Sachs. Right, like right, stealing. Bernie, yes. right. Bernie made off. So did you cover that already? You, you probably did well, then, well, right? We, we used to have a dictionary of what we called world stage names. And we, we approached a lot of them. And some of them <laughs> are more obvious. Some are very funny. Uh, and, and some of them are like in your face. Like the first guy that got the vaccine was named William Shakespeare. And he had a sister named Margaret. He's from Warwickshire. I mean, literally right off the world stage. And then you have other examples of like at January 6th, this person... Uh, is, is carrying a flag that says, don't tread on me, and they trample her. Like, I think there's a lot of indications when they're running a PSYOP that there's just too much cleverness by the writers, and they want to let themselves be known with some kind of embellishment. Yeah, but when they're plotting it out, right, when you're mapping it out, you have, okay, this guy's going to do this, this guy's going to do Okay, so, like, in this case, a Bernie Madoff. He made off with the money. Okay, so he's made up. They'll have this person over here. They, they have to keep track of, the, of that, that, what that board looks like with the people, with the names. <laughs> okay, yeah, th that's, that's absolutely the case. And I've noticed other stuff as well that just kind of stood out. Like, for example, yeah, when that Highland Park shooter was shooting up a 4th of July parade, in the news at the same time, you had the Parkland High shooter getting his sentencing. So Highland Park, Parkland High. Mm. And then the Highland Park guy was obsessed with Lee Harvey Oswald and the JFK assassination. And interestingly enough, JFK went to Parkland Hospital. But all at once, we just started noticing a lot of the same phrases being used among multiple events. And it just seems to me like there's some kind of, you can decipher it. I call it a meta script. But I think that the overlay over reality of the simulated events are written by the same group. Uh, it's centralized. And I do think there are markers here. Right.
Right, right. You know, and then you know, don't we can't forget Dylan Roof, right? <laughs> his middle his middle name was Storm, and he was radicalized on the Storm front. <laughs> and his so yeah, that was all connected. And here's another one: the guy who coined the term the singularity, John von Neumann, like Newman. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> There, there's um, we, we write these down because they definitely do fit a pattern and some of them are quite intricate some of these world stage persona these characters and the thing is I think my point here as it relates to someone like a dr. Shiva is that these world stage characters are playing roles they're complete puppets like I think they're hundred percent puppets I don't think there's any real autonomy as far as choices at a certain level and if you're not a puppet I don't think you can get onto the same stage. I think it's very difficult. You have to operate outside that system. And that's what we're trying to do here. That's what we are doing here. I call it the parallel media. We're not even trying to curry favor with any of these alt-right controlled opposition types whatsoever. Let them ignore us because there'll be a point where there's more of us than of their present audiences who are still imbibing their MSM light propaganda. Well, that's the thing that Shiva's doing. He's building the bottoms up. He knows, like, he, he tells her, he knows they're going to ignore him. He doesn't care. Is that his, he's building an organization of people and, and giving them the knowledge, you know, because I'm a systems analyst also. So that's why we, we, we get along that he, he and I. So, he, so he's training people to think, and, and they can't stop it. And so a lot of people say, well, aren't you afraid they're going to kill you or what you're doing? As he knows, he says, well, if, if that happens, he says that, you know, these people will still go on. You can't stop, the, you know, the genie once it's out of the bottle. Right. That's absolutely true. That's absolutely true. And that's why here I'm like not telling people what to believe. I'm saying we need to rethink how we actually approach media and we have to apply a form of skepticism, a methodology. And I came across this quote today by Arthur Schopenhauer who said, the majority of men are not capable of thinking, but only of believing and are not accessible to reason, but only to authority and emotion and that really holds true and I don't think they aren't capable but I think they're trained not to and I think that's the real issue here is we have sheeple believers wait wait wait, wait. what was that wait, wait they're not they're trained not to what, what do you mean break it down what, what I mean is when it comes to specifically the media the person is relating to it as though they're relating to an authority and it's a false argument from authority, the screen itself. The authority that the screen has, I think, has given it uh, a bit of, has given the controllers of media a bit of leverage over people's judgment on critical issues. So you could be the smartest person in the world in every area of endeavor, except when you look at the screen and it's a news broadcast, there's this implicit appeal to authority and a slight leap of faith even in there, where it's assumed to be true unless it's proven fake. And what that means is that the people believe the news. They're not actually rationally parsing it story by story, headline by headline. And I'm saying this is by design because the controllers of media don't want thinkers who know what's true. They want believers who trust them. It's a completely different paradigm that people think than what they live in. They think they're being informed by journalism, but they're actually part of what I think is a religious form of mindset, religiosity which really, I think, typifies much of the politics of today, specifically how they've Christified Donald Trump, trying to create this 
marker. Yeah. So yeah, I mean some some of the Q and honors folks that we know where he was saying thing they at one point they said that Donald Trump is is, is some certain remove to Jesus Christ. I said, oh no, these folks they've lost it. It's, it's <laughs> cynical. It's so cynical because nobody's talking about policy or platform substance in other words and that's what you get from someone who's an outsider if you listen to someone who's an outsider it's all going to be substance and platform and these other guys it's all theater and hooking people by emotions and and it works though we're watching this great show rolling out it's just it's really just now getting started it, 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 as a matter of fact here's a leader you know a boater I'm, I'm an entertainer so one of the one of the boaters that have have a, a that club of you know of, of q anonas by the way, her father was killed in in uh, he was a firefighter in in the nine eleven thing. By the way, so she became so she has uh, she has a stake in this. So she she joined into the Q thing because she wants to see justice. So I sent I sent her your your link. I said, well, listen to what Tim is saying. I, he's actually we actually found Goldfinch is actually Q. So she looked at she and you know what her response was back to me. Uh, I hear it. what he's saying, but I'm not buying it. <laughs> that's that's interesting. I get a lot of that. And you know what? There have been people who have heard this. There have been people in media who have been given the inside. No one's going to believe it until it's declared by the proper authorities that they trust. And I accept that. And I have him in court with Google this May. It'll be the pretrial thing. But we're going to be in court over significant trademark infringements and I will expose it will be exposed that he's a White House credentialed reporter. No, no but how okay let me play you know devil's advocate but aren't they going to try and drag it on I mean that's going to be expensive right when you fight people in the courts they they play the lawyer game to try and just run your money out right Oh yeah they they already played that game cuz I've been at this for a few years and what they did is they played games with jurisdiction and refusing subpoenas, just denying right. facts. But this time around, I got them. It's it's in, I'm in their jurisdiction, and I have five different causes of action, and each one is attached to criminal statutes that pertain to like significant cyber crimes that implicate YouTube's legal department, like individuals there by email address. So this is a mess. It's a scandal, and it implicates not only YouTube's legal team. But the person that works at the White House, who's partially responsible for the Q psyop, so it's a big scandal, and I expect it to explode over the next three or four months. Oh, that's gonna be great! Great. I mean, I mean, that was brilliant. By the way, they all, hubris always gets them, right? When Goldfinch said uh, he got rid of this pest, uh, Tim Tim Osmond, and he said, "I'll tell you, I'll tell you how I did," it. and you 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 created a new um, identity and. <laughs> And tagged him, and he t he actually spilled the beans to you like that. Is that careless? Yeah, I literally fished him into sending me half a dozen incriminating emails with headers. Because when I went to the FBI, they said get the headers. They showed me how. So I, I I'm going to bring all these FBI reports to the table. But yeah, it was his hubris. He was bragging like a like a like a comic book villain about how he got me off the internet and how clever he was. And he forwarded it to someone he thought was a friend, but it was me uh, posing as a friend, which shows you that. You can't be anonymous on the internet if you can be triggered into eliciting responses. And you can trigger somebody by making them mad or by flattering them, which is what happened there. He was bragging. Amazing. You'd think he would he'd be more careful in what he was doing, right? He had to brag.
that hubris got to him, man. That, it, it, <laughs> yeah, it's lovely. It really is. It's, it's, it's going to be the thing that brings him out into the light, and he'll have to deal with it. Now, you said the FBI from, you know, the, you know, things we're hearing, you know, FBI is like, I mean, they're actually working with you. I guess they, I guess it's the FBI. They hate anything that's on the right side, I guess. Right. I, I, why, why are the FBI's going to help you? No, why are they good guys? Because everything we hear about the FBI, they're like, they're, they're crazy. To be honest, they did nothing. All they did was they took reports and I realized, okay, they're useless. I had to dox the guy myself. I had to do all the legwork on my own with the help of the think tank because no, they were absolutely useless. The only thing they're good for is documentation. So when I bring a stack of FBI reports that were never acted upon to the judge, it's a record that shows that there's a six year plus pattern of abuse, aggravated stalking and hacking. So it'll be enough to incriminate this. But person. isn't the, isn't the judge, I'm, I'm playing the advocate. Isn't the judge going to be in the take They're going to put somebody there and he's going to say something crazy. Um, not enough evidence or, uh, uh, um, what what do they say? Um, uh, no, there's no sta standing or something to to just try and dismiss you. Right, this, which is what they tried. But that's what I'm saying is like this time around, I got it because I went to the right court. Um, I had a long conversation with the clerks, worked back and forth. I had to pay a lot more money, and this was only facilitated by by members of the think tank who want to see this guy get his. So um, we paid it all, made it happen, and there's actually a court date. There's a civil case number. It's civil unlimited, and I put it at a million dollars a year for each year of my channel being suppressed, but I have evidence of malice in every one of those those um, emails where he bragged about what he did. It, it's malice. If you can demonstrate malice, it really helps the judge uh, affirm his decision that, yeah, this was actually intentional infliction of emotional distress. So, I, like I said, I have uh, five causes of action. One of them is intentional infliction of emotional distress and he's checked all the boxes and beyond this i have a separate 32 page damage complaint ready to file for cyber squatting so like i've been i've been i have i have kindling here and we're just waiting so no i don't think there's any way he squirms out of this i really don't i mean i mean i, I can't, well, I can't up, see by we'll the see. way you're gonna you're gonna need you're gonna you're gonna need funds right so i mean are you, are you gonna when that time comes you're gonna let us help you or how can, how can we help you, you know, with your mission? Yeah, absolutely. Um, every step of the way, there's, who knows what, when it comes to legal stuff, filing stuff, paperwork, and fees. There's just so many fees. But, um, yeah, as every step of the way. I mean, as of right now, everything's there. But in the coming, like, I'm going to be going out to Redwood, California in a few months in person. They would prefer remote, but I want to be there in person. I want to face down with my, uh, with the other side and see what we can agree to before it goes to trial because they may settle with me we'll see mm. so you know what, whatever you need please post let us know that if you need because i know you're not a person that, that's you like hawking you like contributions stuff like that but look at look at pillow man he claims he's broke <laughs> he's broke from for, for fighting for america right you know i know i was like maybe so I need he needs to people them. to donate for his legal fund i need to get swatted like one of these uh influencers on the right that'll help me <laughs> i seriously don't believe that unless i see a police report i'm not going to believe the swatting was real uh, <laughs> not not w w one more thing before you go now i remember you were trying to get hired like i think at, at um whole foods or something like that 
<laughs> and they wouldn't hire you because of a background check? Yeah, that's the weirdest thing. Look, I have a, I've never been pulled over. I have a honorable discharge from the military. Um, I've, I've basically have a spotless history as far as like working. I've never really been um, derelict, and yet somehow. I'm turned down for the same job as a cashier, and it was paying too much. I mean, I'm not complaining, but like, yeah, $14 an hour to ring people up. I'm like, okay, fine. So they hired me on a handshake, and then they're like, we can't hire you. Three times. So I'm thinking, something happened to my background report. I'm trying to get to the bottom of it, and I, I, I have suspicions that it's possibly connected to my government-connected uh, nemesis. Of course. Oh, come on. They're, they're doing that. Matter of fact, we have we, a financial planner. He 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 he, they, he couldn't fly. I mean, you know, stuff like that. He's he was he was always in, into this kind of stuff early on. But when it got to you, he said, "I'm not ready for that yet." <laughs> uh, yeah, I could see. See, I got to try that. I got to try to get on a plane and see if they immediately take me to the side and and give me the treatment because. Oh yeah. He is that connected. That's a fact. I mean, we we have his docs. Oh yeah, I I, I no, I thought you would have known that by now. I mean, just try it. Just go. Just take a lo local, you know, trip. I mean, no, you're definitely on the list. And if that's the case, and it comes out in the wash, I'm I'm also going to make the case to the judge that he did all of his criminal behavior against me using government resources, and I actually reported him as um, abusing government resources before. I've, I've reported to the FTC, FBI, the um, IPR, which is the intellectual property rights, and then I've reported them to local, I've just, like, I've made so many reports, there's a stack I have here that I'm going to hand carry to Redwood, California. And my objective here, though, is to make sure that somebody like that who is committing crimes isn't above it just because he's rich and politically connected. You know, we all have to be held to the same standards. Rule of law. Well, absolutely. Now, you know, the, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. So the people that, what I claim to, I don't know if it's PSYOP or what, who claim to hate, you know, the Q not, the Q movement and whatnot, the, you know, the the left side, could, could like, like you, couldn't you go to someone there and, and they'll take it and run with it? Or is it just, they're all playing, it's just part of the whole world stage, you know so what? it really doesn't matter? We'll see. I t I'm testing it already. I've already called... Uh, Hunter Biden's legal team and I've left multiple messages and sent them many emails because what I'm letting them know is they're suing the guy that hacked into Hunter's laptop. They don't know that the unnamed co-defendant happens to be the guy that I'm suing. And this is crucial because they're trying to bring up hacking charges against Garrett Ziegler. And he's claiming that he's just a journalist. But when they find out that there's a bona fide convictable hacker right in his shadow, it's going to destroy him. And it will undermine the credibility of his 501c3 when they find that, no, there's a Trump political activist also working with him on a 501c3 that's supposed to be non-political. So, no, I'm actually reaching out to the enemies of my enemy and trying to make friends or at least give them useful information in this. And I think it's working because in the last few days, a number of things have popped up on my radar here suggesting that they're trying to go after Ziegler for hacking. And I'm telling you, if Goldfinch's hacking comes to light... It's a done deal for Garrett, which would be which would be great. I don't have anything personal against him, but but watch out for this though. It, it, here's here's the algorithm. They usually 
they create the thing they're going to go after, and they know it won't work. Let's say it's good. They, they, they put up there, that's the red herring, the, the hacking. And they go, oh, you know, they, they dragged it out in the news and, you know, the media for a while, and, then, and nothing happens to it. You have something that's tangible, so they might not really want to go touch that because they really don't want to really nail it. Get what I'm saying? 100%. So I don't know. Let's so what see what would they do? What would they do is, this is what I'm wondering too, like, are they reach? Are they going to reach a point where they're going to have to deal with something inconvenient, as in, um, hey, you're messing with our movie? We're trying to brainwash people. Can we send you somewhere? <laughs> like, like at some point they're going to have to deal with us. But I almost think we're past the point of no return. Ah, very good. If you think like that, you know that will work. That will work. You're right. Right. Just say, like, wait a minute, dude. You know, you're going off script. You know, you're, you're messing up the script here. You know. <laughs> But look, it wouldn't just be me, though. Here's the issue. Let's say they managed to coerce me into no longer uh, being a vocal critic of their Cywar theater. Uh, every single wrench-carrying member of the IPS could pick it up, especially now that the textbook is out. That's why I insisted on putting out a textbook with our methodology condensed, because I realized if I ever get distracted or if something happens, I want to make sure that our core ideas are never misrepresented and that the entire thing can start up again anywhere. So I, like I said, I think we're past the point of no return, past the point of damage controlling this away. So my objective for 2024 is let's ramp it up and set the world stage on fire, figuratively speaking, you know, just really aggressively call things out and see if we can kind of shake out a true truth movement out of this controlled opposition sheep pen. Very, 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 very similar to Shiva's tactic. I mean, you two really need to hook up. You run. I'm telling you, you guys are are, are running parallel with each other. Yeah, you know. <laughs> okay, let's make something happen then. You let's know? make something happen like in the next week. I will put that on my calendar. I have a just put up a new calendar today, in fact, and I will put that on my calendar to reach out to him, and we'll make it a point to do more. Um, in fact, I'll catch up on some of his latest content on Instagram. And then see if we can uh, find. Oh, do, oh, do he's he's hitting hard. You, you, you see what he says about the whole Gaza, uh, uh, the Israel uh, Palestinian conflict is not even about that. You know, it's about the oil that they found, the resources that they want. They want to go through Gaza and, and that that tunnel tunnel through there. So they created this all this, this big distraction. Yeah, listening. You to know, Dr. He, Shiva, he revealed that a long time ago. It's always an education. He's highly informed, and his educational background is something to consider because he he knows a lot more than any of these red pill grifters about these topics. So I'll I'll catch up with him for sure. I think that's a great idea, and thank you for calling and well, reminding Well, he's a systems me. analyst. That's what we have. He, he, that's what we have in common. He's a systems analyst, so he, he analyzes things. But the poor guy, he still says things like, you know, well, you know, gravity and and uh, 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 you know, so someone has already talked to him about about the flat Earth. So he says, well, I don't know. See, the thing about it, he'll go, well, okay, uh, but let's, I'm concentrating on this right now. He doesn't go, oh, that's bullshit. So, so, so the things like, he still says things like, you know, uh, uh, you know gravity, uh, Newton. And I'm going, well, uh, I get well, that. Doc, he's not there yet. <laughs> Talk to Tim. <laughs> I get that because I think the error here with the Flat Earth Movement in general is that they advance a model. And I'm saying that the globe model is not complete or verifiable enough for us to say we know it and we have no business replacing it with an alternative model at this point um, it's if it's, that's not where the conversation's at it's more about what questions are raised by even the proposition that they're lying about the globe and I think it 
mainly relates to worldview and how our worldview is so centralized and the interests who control that. And, and it's a philosophical issue as well. So I, I understand why someone couldn't just jump in with both feet and say, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's flat. It, it's not a logical step. And I don't know is the most sensible thing you could say. You know, he he would he he would he would move that way. I mean, a good conversation between you two, two two of great minds. I think it would be great. Now, the other thing is just like, does anyone have a picture of a satellite yet, or, or, or can, can someone get an iPhone and take a picture of a satellite? And uh, uh, what? Look, yeah, look. <laughs> I mean... if, it, if it was real, as they say, a cell phone company would pay. NASA, for example, to just throw a phone into orbit with a video on. Let us see. Like you don't get any real dynamic, beautiful footage like that, except in the movies. Everything is always a mounted camera because it's a, a movie stage. It, it's just it's and they always, underwhelming. And they always show a cell. I always go, but who's taking that picture? That you they, they got something that's above the satellite, and I'm going, wait a minute. Who's taking that picture? <laughs> exactly. That's when you get meta. That's when you get outside of their bubble. And and that's the kind of question that it's staring you in the face. You never really ask it. But then when you ask it, you're like, wait a minute. And that's a that's a key point there. And people just take so much at face value, which I call see-say. They see it on the screen. They think it's real. And they just speak of it as though it happened. And that, to me, is – I think it's actually sort of a, a weapon that they've blinded the public. They, they've rendered them – a new form of illiteracy. I call it visual illiteracy. But, um, you know, it's just another element of the propaganda of the day, public confusion by design. Yeah. yeah. Well, keep up the good work, Tim. I mean, I, it, and 2024, you and she need to really get together. And like I said, we'll, you know, we'd like to hear more about your, your court cases with, with Goldfinch and let us know when you need our help. Will do, absolutely. And hey, thank you for calling, and thanks again for the recommendation. I'll be reaching out here um, in the next 24 hours or so, and we'll make that happen. Sounds like it would be a good conversation anyway. So thanks again, and uh, Happy New Year. Great. And happy New Year. Awesome. Thank you for calling. All right, phones are open. If you have any final comments on the last day of the year, the last day, 12-31-2023, we are... Covering a number of things today, nothing too serious. We came across some very interesting Donald Trump-related predictive programming in a series called, here it is, Ghost, in, no, it's called The Destroyer. So there's a series called The Destroyer, which is a reference, again, fascinatingly enough, to uh, the nuke. But it's just chock full of Donald Trump predictive programming going back to 1963, which we'll look into. It's pretty apparent to me, I think, that they prepare us for major world stage puppets long in advance, and they specifically do so through the visual uh, arts, through the media, through the uh, movies, comics. Uh, director Christopher Nolan reckons with AI Oppenheimer moment. So do you remember at the beginning of this conversation tonight, I mentioned how they replaced they replaced like the nuke idea as a weapon of mass destruction with the uh, mind viruses. So words, so melon, mis and disinformation are the new WMD. And significantly, Donald Trump's word cloud for 2023 shows up and they treat it like it's a mushroom cloud. And it says revenge, power, dictatorship, America. And I pointed out how they've made the connection between the literal virus and the mind virus. And they're doing the same thing with Fallout. 
making these connections. And again, it's all part of framing the public's interpretation of media itself and ideas that aren't approved. So here we have Christopher Nolan making a comparison between AI and Oppenheimer and what the advent of the atom bomb would mean. So the AI's Oppenheimer moment. Now both of these are manufactured threats, but this idea of course is very significant considering where it's coming from. And it kind of builds on what I was saying yesterday that maybe the predictive programming isn't leading us into some kind of a situation where we see an, a literal mushroom cloud, but maybe it's about the mushroom cloud in our brains as they annihilate our, our cognition. And I think that might actually be what they've done. Like for example, if the original one was a media construct, then why would they have to do something outdoors that we all see? In fact, nobody saw that anyway. It was a closed set. If the whole pro pro uh, purpose of it, the whole reason for the bomb was to obliterate our connection to objective reality and put us into their mediated frame of reference, which is what I think is the case. And that is the story in that newsbenders play that they took over control of our minds through the media by writing our news five years in advance and they began with the advent of the atom bomb. So what I'm looking at now when I look at the internet, when I look at TikTok, uh, TikTok, Twitter, X, the TikTokification of discourse and ideas, the way that they're liquefying, you know, this is the sea of irrelevance, but they're liquefying reality. They're sort of like diluting the truth to the point where even if you say the absolute truth, it doesn't matter because it's juxtaposed with insanity. But I'm saying maybe this is the nuke. This is the mushroom cloud. Like maybe they've already pushed that red button and we're living through it. And this is the fallout. Infinite Plane Radio. Oh, I can't believe I got through on New Year's Eve. <laughs> yes. Uh, any final closing comments on 2023? Oh, boy, what a year it's been. Uh, wow. <laughs> I feel like um, what we're doing, we should be more aggressive about it and completely unapologetic and not be wasting our time with people who are trifling. What I mean by trifling is certain truths are self-evident. They're not arguable or debatable. Right, I, I know a controlled demolition when I see one. If someone doesn't know a controlled demolition when they see one, then we really shouldn't be. It's a waste of time to be talking to them. If I say to somebody, hey, some truths are debatable or arguable to a greater or lesser degree. If we're outside on a sunny day and I say, hey, the sky is blue and the clouds are either white or gray. I said, we can both look at the sky and agree that there's no need for any debate or argument on that. I said, some truths are self-evident. They're not debatable or arguable. I know a controlled demolition when I see one. Do you? And right away, and they're either going to say yes or no. If they say no, well, that's good. That shuts down the discussion right away. You don't have to waste any more time. Because someone who doesn't know a controlled demolition when they see one, they might as well be an aborigine that's you know, never been to the city. Um, yes, yes. But uh, on the other hand, I, I've been saying for some time that the blue pill dreamers are having a good time. Why bother them? The ones that I think right. are only worth focusing on are the ones who are seeking and just get addicted to the 
red pills, which are laced with mint in all these days. But those are the only ones who are salvageable. Yeah, because um, it's it, it, they're they're dealing with what I, this sort of emerging vacuum. What's happening is, and I noticed this, you know, when I was doing Google searches on the words Gaza and fake, is just reams and reams of these links coming out about how everything is fake. <laughs> now they're saying it. Yeah, just like they're saying. Yeah, like 2016 all over again, right? When they hijacked the word fake, it's like, are they trying to get ahead of us? Oh yeah, yeah. Sure, it's always racing to stay ahead of the curve. So now what they've got to do is they've got to appropriate, like just like they did with the fake news. You know, Trump wouldn't have come out with that if his consultants hadn't told him to. But the idea was they had to get ahead of the curve on it and say, now when we say the fake news, we're talking about CNN and MSNBC, and we're not talking about Fox or, you know. In other words, some of the news is fake and some of it isn't. No, it's all fake. It's all fake. But they don't, they don't want to come out and say, you know, it's kind of crazy too, because when Trump started using that, I, I said two things. I said, oh, really? I said, so you're calling it the fake news. Well, how much of it is, you know, is it all fake? And if it's all fake, how long has it been fake for? Has it been fake for the last 20 years, for the last 30 years? Yeah, he, Did it just become... He redefined the word to political bias within the blue pill universe of ideas. He, he right. broke the very concept. And you, you posted something in the server the other day, and you mentioned how the truthers go back and forth among variant counter-narratives, but they aren't allowed any kind of a vacuum. They're not allowed time to be skeptical or agnostic. But there's like this... Yeah, I likened it... Belief. I likened it to a game of musical chairs that the, uh, the, the people who are going from one red pill to another are looking for something. Now, how much time they're going to spend with Alex Jones, I really don't think people are going to spend much time on Alex Jones, really. That, uh, that really plays to kind of low-level, I think, a sort of low-level audience because of the grift, because of the obvious grift going on. I mean, you can't listen to 10 minutes of Alex Jones without him trying to sell you shit. Um, but yeah, it's like, to me, I think of it like a game of musical chairs where the people who they've already broken loose, they've kind of broken free from, from the blue pill, so to speak, the conventional view of the world, the mainstream narrative, but now they don't know what to believe. Yes. And so they're, they're looking around with, you know, who's it going to be? Is it going to be, uh, Alex Jones? Is it going to be David Icke? You know, is it going to be Tucker Carlson? You know, because after all, here's Tucker Carlson now saying all kinds of silly-ass shit, right? Well, Tucker and, says uh, that the aliens are demons, and there's a spiritual component, and it's terrible, and it's scary, and he can't tell his wife. And apparently he can't tell us either, but he knows something about UFOs. And they're not from space. They're already well, he's on, the same page, he's on the same page with General Michael Flynn, if that's the case, because that's exactly what Flynn is saying, that yep. there's these evil demons and... um. Yeah, so that's and we've got to be uncompromising about this. You know, we've got to say, look, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Fool me three times, four or five. It means somebody loves to be fooled. Do you love to be fooled? What do you mean? Well, why did you you let them fool you on this? You let them fool you on that. 
You let them fool you there, 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 but now you're going to believe them? Why would you believe anything they say? Well, we've come across this before. This is the inspiration for Chief Crow's song, Auto Hoax or GTFO. It was basically saying, if you can't push the screen away and stop hitting the blue pill crack pipe and see reality first before approaching their frame of reference, you need to leave. You You can't sit with us. And it's because... We need to take all those who can see and form a nucleus of a, a movement, a parallel media, or it's going to be lost because we're going into a dark age or deeper into the one that we're I in. See, yes, so you see it as the creation of a parallel media because, you know, the, anybody who's still floundering around with these political parties, you know, that's a, they're wasting their time. So I guess it... it I mean, anybody who thinks that they're going to fix that, I don't know. I don't know how people can rationalize this, how they could say, well, if only we, we or, you know, why do people think that the presidency means anything anyway? Whoever they put in there, it's going to be a stooge. The president doesn't have any control over anything at all. That they, whoever, whatever, whoever wait, they put but, in there. But, but Trump's not a politician. He's a businessman. He's a rogue. They don't control him. I've heard that so many times, and I'm like, he's the most. Yeah, I know. People con- want to believe that. He is. They want to believe that. Exactly. I. I. I think you know what my reply to that is? Well, my reply is something maybe you're not willing to use, but I said, oh, he's our original all-time vaxxer in chief. He's the guy that created the Corona Task Force of Fauci, Burks, and Pence that declared a state of national emergency and locked down the country. And he didn't stand up against it at all. He was all for it. He was even criticizing governors who wouldn't lock down. And criticizing other countries that wouldn't lock down. So, so Trump is a roll-up-your-sleever. He's a lockdown guy. He's the vaxxer-in-chief. He's also the Antichrist. And I think he might be the yeah, Antichrist if you trust the, pro- the predictive programming as a model. Well, for, uh, he's... my question is to anybody is, did you take the Trump vax or the Biden vax? Because anything well, wait, that was authorized. Okay, so you can't you can't be both the Antichrist and Jesus. The QAnoners believe he's Jesus, but there's this growing body of evidence suggesting that if anything, he's more characterized as an Antichrist. So he can't be both. So isn't it rational? Well, to that's just how say, Democrats Democrats see him as the Antichrist. No, no, the no. People no. That hate, I, the I mean, people that hate I, Trump. I mean, literally, literally. There's an entire conspiracy theory movement that's blown up around the idea that Donald Trump has been predicted for centuries to be some kind of world leader who gets a headshot right out of the Bible and comes back and deceives the world. I mean, there is this literal belief that he is, in fact, the Antichrist. And I'm like, well, that is more likely than him being Jesus, in my opinion. But those aren't the kind of people that would be listening to what we're talking about, are they? Well, weirdly enough, the guy who really got behind this and blew it up, his name is Donnie Darkened, he just went on Tim Pool, and they heard him out for hours. He's anonymous, and what my point of it is, these anonymous narratives, sort of like the JFK Jr. thing, they're all coming from the government. It's a psyop, and it's a big one, which is why I'm not ignoring it. They actually do have a pretty substantial, large Donald Trump psyop department that's somehow characterizing him as some kind of uh, savior who will be accepted as, or who will be looked at by some as the Antichrist, but the Magas will kiss his ring, you know, worship him or whatever. We should be preparing for the, poss- for the likelihood that they'll put Trump back in there again. Boy, what, that would just... That would create such chaos if they do that, because 
There are, there are millions of people out there that would never accept Donald Trump as president again. I mean, they think that would be a catastrophe. They'd be willing to, I mean, they're pro, we'd probably see like a George Floyd type eruption again. You know that. If they say, yep, Trump is the president, he won, I'll bet you you'd see people out in the streets again. Right. I don't think they'll do that, but we'll see. I mean, I think that the... I think it's kind of cowardly that so many of the people who went there for the insurrection are now pretending that it was a peaceful protest until Ray Epps triggered them. Like, no, it was an attempt at stalling so they could provide their new slate of electors. Like, anybody who was following it closely knew that was the general story. No, I don't think anybody took that seriously. I don't think anybody took that seriously. Most of those people that were there on the mall, they felt like the election was stolen, but they weren't weren't doing any... I mean... We've already admitted that the whole thing was staged by the FBI and the Capitol, Capitol Hill Yeah, what Police. I'm saying, though, it was staged, yes. But I'm saying is that the, the, the general MAGA consensus was that it was going to be stalled by Trump and Pence if Pence refused to yeah, certify. Yeah, they floated like, the idea they, they, that not, Pence not they floated, was the vice president. This was being widely discussed, and it was their motivation for being there. Um, that was my understanding. Right. But, but you're 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 talking about Alex Jones and Ali Alexander and yes. So what I'm saying is that, that was those, that those... was the general purpose for being there to stop the steal. So I, I'm just saying it's disingenuous to pretend like they weren't trying to do this. This this wasn't their objective, and they're trying to downplay it. Well, yeah, but that's not illegal, really. I mean, raising constitutional objections to what you think is a rigged election. That's not illegal. We can't blame people for that. But if there were any idiots that followed those provocateurs and crisis actors into the Capitol, I have no sympathy for them. But then again, you're saying they're all actors and nobody's really doing any hard time behind that. Uh, yeah, that, that is what I think. I think it was, well, not just what I think. I know it to be a closed movie set. This can be demonstrated. So factually speaking, what we saw as a riot was actually simulated on a closed movie set, like a big mo- like just like a big movie. It was literally that. And you can actually find the evidence for this on Wu's News' breakdowns, where he does the timestamps, and he can, he can demonstrate this quite effectively. So I'm just saying there were a lot of well-intentioned dupes who were goaded into this false concept that would provide... Well, they they need to know several things. They need to know a couple things. One, it was a setup. Two, Trump did nothing to protect them from getting set up. Trump is a Judas goat. He led them there. Um, Yeah, he is. He led them into that. That's one point. Because he could have had he could have had parade marshals. Listen, I was really into the anti-war movement. Many, many anti-war demonstrations. Also, demonstrations against trials of Black Panthers. A lot of things. We had a whole system. We had parade marshals. That is to say, if you were going to have a demonstration, you had a crew of people, and they wore an armband, and they were looking for anybody who was looking, any provocateurs. They'd surround the provocateurs, sometimes they'd pull them off on the side, sometimes they'd kick his ass. On one or two occasions, I saw that happen. So over time, in the anti-war movement, we came to realize that we had to take responsibility for not letting a situation get out of control and not letting people get set up. And Trump should have done that. The people that set up that January 6th event, they should have had a line of parade marshals keeping people from going into the Capitol and saying everybody's going to stay out here 
until the rally's look, over why and they're going to go why, home. They wouldn't have been there in the first place if they hadn't been misled into thinking well, there was hope. That's what I'm saying. They shouldn't have even been there. And it was a big setup from the beginning, and there's no way to exclude Trump as being the head of the snake. That He, he led... set people up. That, that's the first thing we should say to people is your Savior set you up, and now – He's not, he, didn't, he didn't put a dime out for lawyers to defend any of these people. Actually, he called them terrorists at one point. Did you hear what Tucker Carlson said about them? He called the MAGAs who went to January 6th, he called them, he called them terrorists, but not the he, like the way he said it, he says, not, not the Islamic terrorists, but the cousin effing kind. Like, he said some crazy uh, stuff about the January Sixers yeah, behind the scenes. And and now he's out there as a populist. Well, Tucker Carlson called 9-11 truthers parasites. That's right, he did. That was he? the word he used. Several times he used that word. Yeah, 9-11 truthers are parasites. Anybody who's disputing <clears throat> the official government narrative of 9-11, you know, the box cutter hijacking, is a parasite. And he's on there's tick there you know what I mean he's on YouTube and TikTok saying that so now if he comes around and says oh well I think maybe 9/11 was an inside job and maybe it was work control demolitions and you've got people out there that are now ready to suck the fart out of his ass well actually he went on to Alex Stein's program and they talked about flat Earth even he said he's open to flat Earth but the reason he doesn't believe it is that he goes hunting and he has to account for the curvature of the Earth. When he's shooting at deer. Well, does he, did, did, did Alex Stein ask him if we walked on the moon? That's really the more important question. He said he's open to we, anything. Now, he said he's open to anything. Oh, now he's open to anything. So now, uh, here this guy, it took him 22 years, but now he's open to everything? That, boy, people are so, it's like they want to be fooled. Yeah, fool me three times, four or five, it means somebody loves to be fooled. Well, I think that um, a lot of the, problem here though is that yeah people get emotionally attached to narratives and they can't let go and it's an ego thing it's not the narrative it's not even the narrative the narrative is incoherent they become attached to the personality this is personality cult worship that's all it is and every time they put one of these characters out there whether they flip-flop 180 degrees or whether they're provocateurs or whether they're judas goats it's all about cult of personality that's what's around trump that's what's around Alex Jones. It's all cult of personality. So who are you? RFK Jr. Are you going to vote? Are you going to vote in 2024? I doubt it. Not really. No, I don't expect to. The only reason I would go to the polls is to see what was happening. Maybe. Look, I but, will vote uh, for Joe Biden if. And there might be some local. There might be some local. You know, I went. I went and voted at the last election because. Uh, there's somebody I know who was running for county executive here in Howard County, and I wanted to vote for him. He's been county executive before, and I kind of thought he did a decent job, but he lost. He's a Republican. He lost. Look, I'm voting for Joe Biden uh, if his son's legal team can help me prosecute Marcus Goldfinch, and I'll publicly yeah, I endorse. I will endorse that. Biden. I will. I'll be a Bidenite. If these people really hate Trump as much as they say they do, and they think Q is is insane. They ought to be willing to pick up on the information that you're providing, because <clears throat> haven't you linked Marcus Goldfinch to the? You say he's done more than anybody to put the Hunter Biden laptop material out there. Oh yeah, he financed it, and not only that, but he's a co-defendant, but he's just not named yet. When his name comes out, and it's a when, 
it's it's going to be lit. And so I'm looking forward to it. And um, I'm helping out the opposition any way I can. And I did find it kind of weird that I'm helping Hunter Biden, attempting to help him. But we do have a common enemy here, a channel enemy. And it's let's just one of the Let's see if they even pick up. Yeah, let's see if they even pick up the ball. I'll bet you they... I, I, I have an indication they, they do, because it. since I gave them the information, it, it already, they have already raised the question, can they get Garrett Ziegler on hacking because he used a stolen password to access a copy of a laptop? That wasn't even being raised yet consistently, and now they're, again, questioning the validity of his 501c3. And I think it might be because they know they have a political operative slash hacker in the shadow of Garrett. So he looks like an angel, but he's got some shady people behind him. So I, I don't know. We'll yeah, see. Yeah, this we'll is see. sort of playing their game in a way. It's playing game in the game in their court, which is okay to do once in a while. But you got to see if they're going to bite or not. If they don't, I wouldn't waste time on it. But maybe who knows? You know, you're saying that there are elements within the mainstream media that would pick up on this. Story. Oh yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Is that that they would pick up on the fact that Q was in the White House during Trump's administration, or somebody attached to the operation who's in the White House press corps. The scandal of it is this. Trump claimed he didn't know who Q was, has no clue, and was completely behind this appearance of plausible deniability. I take that away from him. Then we have to look back, 2017 on. How many times did he lie about not knowing Q? Uh, Alex Jones knows Q, lied about it. Jack Postebeck knows Q. So what I'm saying is this is a scandal in the making that anybody on the left that wants to harm the other side just needs to look at the fact that, yeah, they're a bunch of liars who manipulated their base with these psychotic conspiracy theories to turn basically uh, the fringe into the new MAGA, or sorry, into the new Taliban. They've created this American Taliban presence by design, and I think it's all just a smear job. But again, um, these this, people, this could these come people, out. Their, base, their base, as you call it, wants to be manipulated, likes to be manipulated. Really, that that's what's going on here. They love worshiping these personalities. They really do. They love turning them into demigods. Uh, so, sadly, uh, you're right because how many? T I've told them many times. I've 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 tried to get the message through, and they ignore me, and they still want to pray to JFK Jr. Like, no, this is a religious fundamentalist cult that the government created. This is just, it's malware for the mind. They've damaged so many people. Yeah, we got a we got a cognitively damaged population. We've got cognitively damaged school kids, from what I'm hearing now. The words coming out from a lot of these school teachers that the the, the young kids coming to school now are like, they're really messed up. They're all kinds. They have all kinds of behavioral problems. They have cognitive issues. They can't sit still. Their attention span is shot. Um, that's being reported now. Of course. School systems have contributed to this themselves, probably, but but you know you got to look at what's what's happening in the background that's that's having this effect on a whole generation of young people. Hey, look, would you agree so, with me yeah. that the hyper-mediated, immersive illusion we live in is psychedelic? Like in terms of how we process our realities, just think of ourselves like as an animal, just trying to survive on this terrestrial plane. And now all of our perceptions are secondary to all these messages we get from all these screens and distant yeah, faces. It, it it's aspires, It aspires to be psychedelic, but just like any simulation, it's a cheap, shitty imitation. It's like fax machines. Do people still use fax machines? E-faxing, sure. What, 
Right. What was the... I hated fax machines when I was in the working world. I just hated them. Because chances are, by the time the fax got to you, you couldn't read the damn thing. Oh, yes. Attenuation. Like, yes, the, yes, I see Yeah, the attenuation of the image got worse and worse. It was just a, shit, a shitty simulation. And that's what happens when you, it's like remakes of movies. You know, the remake is never going to be as good as the original, but it, they, they keep doing it over and over and over again. Or... Or they keep having sequels, you know, Indiana Jones is a sequel, Star Wars is a sequel, but the sequels are shittier and shittier and shittier. I see like what you mean. a bad fax copy. Okay, and um, this reminds me of something really quick here, because you, you raise a point, because Joseph Atwell described uh, the story of Titus Flavius as a typology, where his history was given in such a way that it had him repeating the myths of Christ, fulfilling prophecies. And I've been saying that Trump is a Christ typography. But my point of it is, they're recycling stories again and again and again. And this present political narrative with MAGA and JFK and Trump is what Christianity would look like this many iterations later. Like, as crazy as it all looks, I think it's consistent that, that Trump is what Jesus would look like in 2023. So we're saying that the Romans created a pretty credible, believable... Uh, intellectually plausible mythology for people to believe in. It's the mar- yeah, it's the, the martyr the, thing. The martyr thing is extremely powerful for some reason, very compelling. We see it all the time. Martyrs coming back, uh, the resurrection, and they yeah, have all this stuff. Trump's, Trump's selling pieces of the suit that he was booked in. Which is, is right out of, of the this? Bible. Uh, before Jesus was crucified, they chopped up his garments and cast lots, gambled for it. Or well, right now, Trump is selling the suit he wore when he was arrested, chopped up into 47 pieces. God, how trashy must somebody... That's like trailer park religion. I, I hate to use that phrase, because just because someone lives in a trailer park doesn't mean they're low class. I know what you mean. I, know what you mean, I don't know what it's... else to call it. It's... It's like a dollar store Christianity. It's Yeah, exactly. A dollar store Christianity. That's very cheap. Very shallow. You don't need to read anything. You don't need to understand anything. You don't need to be exercising any critical judgment or or skepticism. Oh, no, no. We're going to give you something to believe in. It's going to be really shallow, really superficial, <laughs> really cheap. Oh, and you're going to have to pay for it, too, because we're grifting while we're at it. That's the other thing I was going to get at is there's so much grift going on. Like the whole Republican Party is about grifting now. Oh, these conferences they do. They're all out grifting. It's all conferences. Yeah. And they, okay, remember that last week, this guy named Michael Cassidy, retired officer, goes to Iowa where the Temple of Satan put up this Halloween decoration of the devil. And he goes on there and he knocks it down because he said that God didn't want it there. And he gets charged with a crime, a hate crime or something. Anyway, he gets invited to Turning Point USA right up there with Jack Posobiec, one degree separated from Trump now. Some random guy destroys an image of of the devil, and now he's speaking at this conservative conference as some kind of authority when conservatives used to stand for freedom of expression. You see what they've done here, and it's all just WWE-type politics. Wait a minute. They invited the guy who vandalized... Oh, I see what you're saying. Because they don't care about the free First Amendment rights of these devil worshippers. Is that, is that the idea? Exactly. Because... They draw the line there. I'm like, okay, well, you're not a free speech absolutist anymore if you're not going to let them have their Halloween decorations up. Yeah, right. If you're going to have freedom of religion for this group, you're going to have to. The Muslims are going to have to have their 
thing, and the Jews are going to have to have their thing, and the Jehovah's Witnesses have to have their thing. Oh, what about the Mormons? Let's not forget the Mormons. That's another version of Christianity, pseudo-Christianity or whatever. Half Christianity point five or something like that. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, my, yeah. Someone here asked something that's here. That's crazy. Uh, Elephant Tusk says, or asks, um, a few people have brought this up. Are you an anti-faxer? Anti-faxer? <laughs> yeah, yeah, apparently your your comments on the fax machines, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that's me, yeah. I hate shitty simulation. I'm not against, you know, this is a good point to raise the simulation hypothesis of Nick Bostrom of Oxford University. In case your audience isn't familiar with it, they really need to need to be familiar with this because this is the justification for everything. The simulation argument, I think you're familiar with it, proceeds as follows. It says one of, three, uh, one of the three following propositions must exclus- be exclusively true, and the other two would have to be false. Proposition one, human society will never evolve enough, will never develop technology advanced enough to create a perfect simulation of something from the past, the past generation. So, you know, we're all familiar with uh, Civil War reenactments, you know, where right. these guys put on, you know, guys with that are usually a little bit overweight and paunchy. They look nothing like the real Civil War soldiers look, but they, they put on a Confederate or Union uniform, and they carry a musket, and they participate in a reenactment. That's a simulation. Movies and television are all about simulation. So what Bostrom is saying in point one is, well, we're never really going to reach we're, we're, we're gonna, human civilization, humanity will die out before it ever reaches a point where it can create a, a, a really, really good simulation, a convincing simulation. That's one possibility. The second possibility is humanity will survive and the technology will develop sufficient to do perfect simulations of the past, but there'll be no interest in doing it. Uh, no one will bother doing it. That's option two. Option three is we're living in a computer simulation. In other words, if the first two are false, then it has to be option three. We are living in a computer simulation. I've never bought it, and that's called the simulation hypothesis. Now, I've never bought that argument at all, because as far as I'm concerned, if you're an intelligent human being, with any kind of depth, you're going to go for option two. Option two says, well, we'll try, we'll simulate this, we'll simulate that, but at a certain point, we'll realize that simulation is bullshit and that it's a waste of time. You're not going to create a better version of humanity than you have. You're not going to reinvent what you're not going to do a better job on the design of humanity or species than has been done already. All you can do is study what we have and try to learn from it. But, you know, you listen to, to Yuval Harari in the World Economic Forum. Oh, we're going to create a new human that's going to be superior to all humans that preceded it. No, you're creating a simulation. And the same goes with this chat, Jeep, you know, all this AI crap. No, it's not, It's much, much artificial, unlimited artificial, but very little real intelligence. 
if you spend any time at all with these large language models, it's pretty easy to tell, to run the Turing test. Turing test says, can a computer, can a computer program be made intelligent enough that it could fool a human? That if a human were sitting there engaging in an extended discussion, they wouldn't be able, be able to tell that it was really a computer program and not a human. They'd think it was a real human. And of course, I reject that entirely because I've seen with these large language models that it really doesn't take much at all to see that it's a computer program. It's, it's and there's, it, but, there's no real... Okay, people will believe it under this, though. This is where I think they're heading with it because you're right. A lot of this stuff so, doesn't yeah, live up to We'll the get hype, bored but... with simulations. We'll get bored with simulations. That's what will happen. And we'll realize that the thing, that what we want is the real thing, not a simulation. We want to study the real thing and understand the real thing. We don't want to try to create an inf- another fax, another shitty fax copy, another shitty simulation. Because that's, bo- you know, uh, uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000. Is that what you want to do? You want to spend the rest of your life sitting there watching their stupid, shitty simulate, which are shitty. Well, I think what they've done. I think what they've done here is, and I think this is all symbolic in the 2001 Space Odyssey, the two into one. I think what they've done is they've merged the real world with the screen, and the the merging of the two creates the simulation. The simulation is the internal version of the world that matches the real thing in all the ways that matter so you don't detect the discrepancies but it includes a lot of things they've added that I think are tantamount to superstitions like for example uh, the asteroid that's gonna come kill us next month named after some god of chaos like that's the augmented reality that's the simulation so it's not a full okay. simulation. Can they simulate an earthquake? Can they simulate an earthquake with a weapon? Do they have scalar weapons that could simulate an earthquake or a tidal wave? Here's what tsunami? they here's all they have to do is they have to simulate it in a mass casualty simulation, present it on the news, and the people who get their reality through hearsay will believe it. So they don't have to literally do anything. They just have to convince us through the media. And the more that we are integrated into the metaverse, the more that we're all plugged in, the more it will be possible for them to augment our realities because we're always running right. the screen. And that's argument on popular, popula, what is it? Uh, out of Populum, it, oh, yeah. everybody it, knows. Or authority, yeah. yes, exactly, both. It's an argument, an appeal to authority, appeal to the hive mind is what it, what it is. And I liken the screen to a digital hoodwink that everybody's wearing. And that... Yeah, I, I call the argument that appeals to popular opinion to authority, I call, the, call that the the argument that uh, appeals to credulity or the argument that appeals to gullibility. I'll try and be gullible. The, the willful suspension of disbelief that you have when you watch a movie or TV show, and you want to get into it. But if the script is so stupid and the special effects are, are, are crappy and the acting is lousy, at a certain point you're going to turn it off or you're going to get up and walk out of the theater. But most people won't do that. They paid their ticket they sat down, and they're determined they're going to enjoy the movie. And, and if you say, well, that's stupid. Those two cars crashed, and they exploded. When's the last time you saw a car accident where a car exploded? It just That's not the way things happen in real life. You know? You're right. Or, you know what? Um, They've used video games also. What, what they do with the media, whether it's a movie, video game, or comics, I think it's all about putting things into your frame of reference to make you more gullible for things that they're going to show you that are out of the fan, out of the fantastical. So they could 
probably, I mean, I said it facetiously that they could probably convince us that Godzilla is real, but I think they almost could if they recently showed you a movie and then they claimed it. These things are always happening in tandem with one another, which is why everyone is expecting a blackout because of all these blackout movies. Unless you've got a significant enough segment of the population, and I don't necessarily mean a majority, it might be 5%, because it doesn't take that many if they're committed to turn things around. But unless you've got a, a, a statistically significant sector of the population that is bored by simulation after a certain point, well, we wrote that program, we did that, or we saw that movie, or we, we've done that plot line before. It's a ty- As you say, it's a typology. We've seen that before. Yeah, we've seen Moses in the bulrushes uh, when they present the slaughter of the innocents in the gospel. Well, that's just Moses in the bulrushes all over again. You know, they, they wanted to throw in that trope because it was already familiar to Jews, and so they used it. We're, we're been there, done that. That's what we want people to arrive at. Been there, done that. Are you going to show me another simulation? Another movie? Well, I'm bored with that already. How do you, the problem but, is... But how do we see this happening if we look at nothing but a history of religiosity, fundamentalism, ignorance, and for the most part, illiteracy? I mean, we are, I think, looking at a population that has been acclimated and accustomed to the Blue Pill universe. I don't even think 5% could do it because there's no incentive. Like, are, I mean, are we looking at a volunteer army of uh, cognitive healers who are going to wake people up? I don't think it's going to happen like that. I think that it's uh, it's sort of a lost cause. We're almost like atheists in a theocratic society, and we're no, just lucky we they don't. We're lucky they don't the throw idea. Ro- we're lucky they don't throw rocks at us and burn us. Yeah, I, I agree. But we can spread the idea of non- passive noncompliance or active noncompliance. In other words, you don't like what's happening, then then don't obey. Stop obeying. Stop listening to them. But Stop here, okay, paying for cable this, this TV. This is you know? a point that I thought of today, though. There's this, there's this area, which I, I put a blog up here about today, where when you're resisting, you might actually be um, an active participant in perpetuating the psi war. And so there's this fine line where the resistance is something that might be better um, avoided altogether. And I wrote about this yeah, in the blog I, today I because it's tricky. Because when you start a mass, like we saw this in 2020. Everything gets co-opted so fast because they have the script. They write these things years in advance. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I kind of differ with you. You know, we shouldn't be discouraging people who feel an instinctive urge to reject authority and to rebel against authority. Now, I know what you're saying. They can easily be lured into one of these graduated animal farms and kept there, and then, in effect, they're playing, they're being used as pawns in the game, that risk certainly, that can happen, and that will happen with a lot of people. But I don't think we should be discouraging people from feeling rebellious. Um, It's just a question of how they're going to manifest that rebellion. You know, that's what we really should be. We should be speaking to people's need to reject the status quo in a meaningful way, in a meaningful way. If their rejection of the status quo turns out to be a sort of uh, end run around it, where they really are reinforcing the status quo by taking a side, well, we have to point that out. We have to say, well, all you're doing is playing right into their hands. You want to side with the, uh, 
saw this, this really kind of pointed itself up to me. People are talking about uh, LGBTQ folks for Palestine. <laughs> Have you seen this? It's like... Um, yes, it's, not, it's not new. It's not new. The left always sides with the oppressed in any one of these dialectics, even yeah, they're, if, they're, even if that people, oppressed would throw them off a roof. It, it, it's always yeah, did been these the case. Gays realize, did these gays realize... How they'd how they'd be viewed on the West Bank or in Gaza, or in, in any majority Muslim society. I mean, come on! <laughs> what do they think? What do they think would happen to them? It's 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 got to be so contrived because you got to ask yourself: any person who's in this sort of LGBTQ contingent that identifies with that. Well, first of all, the fact that they're even identifying that way is stupid to begin with. Shows their politics are between their legs or up their butt. Well, not in their ideology head. happens to be uh, the primary. Like politics trumps religion. Politics trumps race, gender, ide- um, gender identity. Uh, politics is the main thing. Like religion and everything else falls to the wayside. That's why it seems like it doesn't make sense, but it does. Because politically, they're aligned with the oppressed, and they're against the oppressor, who's the West. And that's the case in every one of these issues. It's. It's just that simple. They're herded like sheep. They don't even think about it. Yeah, I understand why there's so much resentment of the the old, uh, well, you know, like patriotism and flag waving and all that stuff because it's been so phony and it's been used to cover up so many crimes and so much corruption. That's one angle we should really be playing on is the reality of the corruption. You know, people say, well, all right, so what if NASA's been fooling us? Well, do you realize how many billions they spent on that? Do you realize you're paying for that? Yeah, I, I, I encountered that. Someone says, well, why do I care if we went to the moon or not? I say, well, because you're paying for this dog and pony show. Yeah, those are the people I consider to be unreachable. If they have to ask me why they should care, it means that their loci of control is outside, that they're, they've actually have a, they have a boss. They have a big brother that dictates their choices. Yeah. And I, I have no, yeah, I, have, I have zero interest in the intellectually incurious. I have no interest in resuscitating anybody's minds. What I'm interested in is breaking the right side of the political horseshoe's guardrails and seeing what kind of hemorrhage we can induce, have a big spillover from the red, red pill community well, I, into I, I auto hate hoaxing. to tell you, I hate to tell you, but part of that is going to be confronting the COVID thing and the vax. Yeah, I, I'm already. Because that's what Trump I, stands for. That's what Trump stands. He's the vaxer in chief. He will always be the vaxer in chief. And if RFK Jr. manages to make it on the ballot in a few states, you know as well as I that the COVID pandemic, alleged pandemic, and the and the vax mandate. Yeah, look, it's 2024. It's 2024. It's 2024. It's it's gone. It's in the past. I think we can bury it already. The next thing is the fallout, the nukes, and here's the issue with that. You can fight over lockdowns and masks, whether or not you believe in. Wait, 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 but wait, but, but what You're you can't do. You're willing to let all that go. Yes. You're willing to yes. let all that go. The, the lockdowns yes. destroyed thousands the, the, of small businesses. I'm not letting it go. It was. It go. was no. I'm not letting it go. That was one step. First step is pandemic. Next step is bridging the gap in the public's mind from the virus to the mind virus, and they've already done that. So now they're doing disease X, the mind virus. Now they're going to do a lockdown of the internet. And then the next phase is the fallout, which is a, something you can't politicize. You can't say, I'm not going to mask up because I'm a Republican when it's fallout. 
as you could do with a pandemic, which you find questionable. So I think the agenda is moving forward, and I don't think we have to worry about that coming back. I think that's old news. I think they're bringing in something new because the public can only take so much of the same thing in this attention yeah, economy. Yeah, but you're saying no one, no one should hold Trump accountable for any of that. The bastards shut down the American economy for like a year. That but, was but his declaration his national side, emergency that his, did that. Who's, who would be outraged about this? The left was for it, and his side is apathetic and uh, full of Kool-Aid, and they're not even processing any well, of Well, we have to show the people on his side that they're cowards, that they're gutless, candy-ass cowards because they're rolling over for the vaxxer-in-chief, who's nothing but a salesman for Pfizer. That's what he's doing now. And who claims he saved millions of lives with his Operation Warp Speed. No, I don't want to. Sh- I don't want that to pass at all. I want to shove COVID in people's faces the same way I shove 9/11 in their faces. You know, at one point I thought everybody wanted to forget about 9/11. No one wanted to talk about it. But you notice October seventh rolled around and it became Israel's 9/11. Okay, you guys want to talk about 9/11 again? Let's go back to 9/11. Uh, you know, so. Um, yeah, maybe they won't want to talk about it. See, that's the thing. If if RFK Jr. manages to get on the ballot in a certain number of states, yeah, one look, way or look, another... He's I guess pres- in 2024, I'm not going to confront 9-11 or COVID on the level of the political horseshoe-bound red pillars. That's what I won't do. I'm going to start off with, they reintroduce the archaic concept of sin for this new age religion of scientism. What if we start seeing a statistically significant number of people who are suffering from the vax? I'm an auto-hoaxer on all of that. I literally don't believe it because I haven't seen any evidence. I'm still looking for it, but I'm getting plenty I found, of anecdotal. I'm getting plenty of anecdotal information. I, I, re- I reject all anecdotal from left, right, center, mainstream, because I have to rely on the skeptical framework that doesn't allow me to let that in. Well, what about people who say that the vaccine just doesn't work? I, but and then another and thing, too, is... And what are you saying? Is, people should look, go out... Every, okay, they're coming out with a new vaccine. It's a, look, this is old news. It's a football. We've already decoded it. And every time we talk about it, all they do is they flag our channels. And it's not waking anybody up. The oh, only way... Oh, I'm not trying to dodge it. What I'm saying is the only way to wake people up is to get them to see the screen. The, the, the mind virus is the real thing. The mental construct of the reintroduction of sin in a scientifically diagnosable format. Um, this is what I'm saying. It's mind war. That's my assessment because I don't go off the anecdotal stuff. Well, I guess it, it depends what you think about people rolling up their sleeves and taking an experimental injection. I don't care about Democrats. Because... I don't care about Democrats. And it might sound cold, but never interrupt an enemy when he's making a mistake. And if it were truly what everybody feared it was, there wouldn't be any Democrats to vote in 2024. But look, they're still here. That's why I don't think it's a big deal. It didn't make a dent. And even the ones who took it didn't care because they uh, they uh, ideologically agree with it. Well, what not... if they try to push more, what if they try to push more mandates? They'd love to do that. They'd love to require everybody to take these look, shots. Look, I'm saying do it then. Let 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 the Democrats wipe themselves out. Like, I'm not trying to save pro-vaxxers anymore. Like, it's not my prerogative whatsoever. Um, whatsoever. It's like, I don't care if people smoke cigarettes. These are lifestyle choices they make. No, no, the question is whether they have the authority to make you take a shot. That's, it's that much of a matter of principle. Because Alan Dershowitz, Trump's advisor on constitutionality, said 
The state has a right to hold you down and plunge Look, a needle I, I haven't into seen, your arm for I the sake seen, of the safety of the community. He asserted that as a principle. I haven't as a legal principle. I haven't seen a needle since I was in basic training. I haven't seen one. And so like I never had the fear of a mandate. And people say mandate, mandate. It's like where? Where are the needles chasing us? Where's the vac strokes? Well, you're not working you're not an employee of the city of New York. Or you're not in the US military right now. You know? I understand that that well look I think look I think here's the thing too I think anti-vax is literally the counter narrative that the mainstream requires to exist for the dialectic they set up like I think it's a non-issue I really do and I think it's I think it's so triggering because of the obvious um it's triggering because people have an instinctive sense of personal freedom and bodily autonomy. Yes, it's the same bodily trigger. Bodily autonomy, but, but, that's no, what wait, they're wait, thinking wait. about. But it doesn't trigger the left. It only triggers the right. Same well, thing. But the left doesn't give a damn about bodily autonomy. No, no, they do. Abortion, they abortion, mentality. women's rights, bodily autonomy. And that's just lip service. That's just lip service they pay to that. What I'm saying is it's bifurcated left and right, and I don't play bifurcated – uh, psychological warfare dichotomous games. I think that we should be looking at these things as such. Because if you're taking a side, you're playing on the world stage. What I'm doing with auto-hooksology is I'm creating a breakaway parallel media because I don't want to play. I don't want to wake them up. Well, I don't want to argue with their if faulty COVID premises. Was a hoax, COVID was a hoax. It was the biggest hoax in our lifetime. It was. Uh, unless you wanted to say walking on the moon was bigger. I don't. I don't think so because... A lot of people weren't even paying attention whether we walked on the moon or not. But the COVID thing affected everybody. The COVID hoax. But was now, a, but now, look, but look, this is just this is just a thing now. Is um, I'm saying they use that to set the framework for mind virus remediation and disease X, and we're there. I think we can safely put the COVID thing to rest. I don't think it's coming back. And every time we mention it, they censor us. So it's it's counterproductive to even go there unless we're not preaching to the choir. And who are we going to talk to? Like, who needs to hear about 2020 all over again? Who needs to hear it again? Like, I think it's too saturated. I think the next thing is focusing on media skepticism, breaking away from okay. this. That's that's my focus for okay, the next year. Okay, I can year. go for that. I can go for that. Because after all, when, when you do Google search on Gaza and fake and one link after another saying, oh, all this fake video out there, fake video – Elon Musk isn't managing his blue check system efficiently and all of this fake videos out there. And oh, by the way, you can't believe anything you see or hear now because it's all fake. That's in effect what they're telling us. So they're, they're acknowledging the existence of this vacuum. You know, and I, I think that I noticed too, though, a lot of people who are like up to their necks and anti-vax have moved into um, white replacement like, I've noticed there's this direct pipeline from anti-vax to... Uh, I'll tell you why. It, it's a pure blood I'll tell thing. you why. Because they, because they got bumped from a flight at an airport so that some illegals could get on the plane. That's why. Because they went to an airport and they saw busloads of migrants being shipped around the country. That's why they're concerned about that. Right. Well, that, that that's it? every few years I hear this meme. Um, there's there's um, military age men coming with no women and no, children. No, no, no. I, I'm I'm just talking about in general, in general. In general, um, immigra is saying, immigration are, bad? Because one of the things I want to point out is that 
the connection no, no, here? No, no, no. Illegal, illegal migrants that are being imported into the United States, deployed around the country, probably registered to vote as Democrats. That's probably the plan. They get a subsidy. They get a driver's license. That's what people are seeing, and that's what they object to. But I, here's the thing. It, from a Siwar perspective, I believe that the fear of illegal immigrants is the same fear of the vaccine penetrating your border, skin border, no, national border. I, I think it's, I think it's a psychological, I think it's a psychological population. prop. It's a psychological prop that caters right. to the fear. You don't think they're displacing? No. You don't think they're displacing no, I don't. people? No, I think, I think it's a psyop. You don't think they're moving no, 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 no. people out what, of their homes? What I'm in saying, Atlanta, no, no. Gaza. What I'm talking about with. What I'm saying in general, when it comes to what they would call xenophobia, I think xenophobia comes from the fear of blood contamination, and it's the same fear that would that would cause someone to fear the vax blood nah, contamination. you don't need all that psychoanalytic I do. crap. It's if a, someone it's a, goes no, to an Lynn, airport. It's a psychological war. It's a psychological war. It's a psychological war. And I've heard this now already. It's a psychological war. It's all people. psychological. It's not real. They're being told at the airport, "We got to bump you from this flight because we got a whole." plane load of migrants that were flying around. Yeah, that's fear porn. This is happening. It's, it's, it's no, happening now. It's, They've it's got a replacement population. It only scares. That's what they're doing. It only scares the fringe far right. It doesn't fear Well, them. I'm not saying it scares me. I'm just telling you people are getting bumped from flights Anecdotal. so that these migrants... Could, and, could be and psyop to create the perception that we're being invaded because that's what I'm saying. It's a psychological war. They want you to feel like your blood's well, being you invaded. Well, you want to see what's going on in New York invaded. City. They're... They're housing the migrants in neighborhoods in Brooklyn and in Chicago. People in the neighborhoods are coming out to protest because they can't handle these populations that are being moved into their neighborhoods. There is shit really happening around this migrant issue. Not just here, but in Europe as well. I think it might Maybe be hyped. I think Europe. it's over. I think this is all hype. I think it's been hyped up deliberately with psyops. I think it's a psyop because it's an election year. They only care about. We only care about illegal immigrants that are of military age during election years. The rest of the time, nobody cares. I don't think it's real. I think it's fake. Cloward and Piven strategy. They're going to import third worlders and they're going to take down our capitalist system. It's been fifty years. It's not going to happen. I think these are fake doomsday scenarios. No, I think I think they're moving in migrants because migrants are easy to manipulate. They'll do whatever you tell them to do. They're here illegally. They're gonna. They're gonna vote how you tell them to vote. They're gonna. They're gonna. If, they're gonna do whatever you tell them to do. They're at your mercy. If someone's here illegally, they're gonna do whatever they're told to do. So it makes perfect sense. To well, that is that is the line. That, that is the line. Trump right now is saying that they're importing voters for 2024. Well, that happens to be true. That happens to be true. It doesn't mean those votes are going to be counted because the elections are rigged anyway. We all know the elections are rigged anyway, and that's one thing we should be pointing out to people. Well, we say we all know, but I, I can't agree with that necessarily because um, it would be inaccurate to say the elections are rigged, but everything else would be cool but for that because reality is rigged. And if reality is rigged, the election is meaningless. It's, well, the elections are just another aspect of a rigged reality, just like NFL games are rigged. Elections are rigged the same way NFL games are rigged. It's true. that simple, really. Yes, I agree. It's a rigged reality. But don't think that there aren't real consequences that spring up from that rigged reality. Well, I do. I, I don't I, think look, there aren't no, no, people I, I, I don't think. Until I get evidence of it, I'm not going to hold that as a potential fear. What I'm saying here is I want to move past the hypotheticals, the threat of what could happen, and not trust in the agitprop that I think might be designed to make me feel insecure. I think that's what they want. 
And so what I'm doing for 2024, I'm going pure ataraxia, uh, quiescence, peace of mind, cognitive harmony, no inner war. Because I think it's all psychological war. I really think it is. And if I'm proven wrong, if I see bodies in the street, if I see somebody face plant or something from a, you know what, somebody coughed on them, when I see stuff happening, I'll believe it. But we're digging. Look, you, when those riots started in May of 2020, you didn't say they were fake. When they were burning down courthouses and attacking cops, you didn't say that was fake. Well, wait, I, I didn't say it was organic and real and a real expression of public outrage. We have no clue how much of that was contrived, how many were agents. Did the police let them I'm come sure in and burn it? I'm sure it was all engineered. I'm sure it was all engineered, but it was also real. Controlled demolition. Right. Controlled demolitions are real. They really do take down big buildings with controlled demolitions. They do. And occasionally they'll even drop a bomb on one, if just for special effect. Well, the, uh, yeah. the lately though, all the bombings that I've been hearing about in the news, they hold, they hold up. Hey, look at this baby that was killed by a bomb. I'm like, what kind of bomb can you drop on a baby that doesn't blow it to bits? Because well, no, I mean maybe they're clearing these places out, but one way or another, they're definitely they're definitely doing major demolition in Gaza right now. People are not. It's just like Lahaina. People are not going to be able to move back to their homes now. You could say that what happened in Lahaina was fake. Yeah. But those uh, fires were not. Those fires really happened, you know. People really were moved out of that area. I'm not saying I have a different reason for having no sympathy for them. I have no sympathy for them because I've seen enough interviews with their mayor, the police chief who they brought in from Vegas, right, the governor of the state. And this moron who they elected as senator, Maisie Hirono, I've seen enough of the kind of stupid, moronic political leadership that the people of Hawaii voted for, that, yeah, as far as I'm concerned, the residents of Lahaina did this to themselves. They put these people in place and then turned over the safety and security of their neighborhood to these corrupt people. And they got burned out, and now they're not going to be able, most of them are not going to be able to move back. That's real. So I'm not saying I have sympathy for them. They put themselves in that situation. But it doesn't mean that what happened to them wasn't real. People really do lose their homes. Businesses really got torched during that George Floyd episode. It really happened. There was real destruction. So, you know, that's the simulacrum that um, Jean Baudrillard is talking about, where a, what starts as a simulation materializes as, as real destruction, as real force. Uh, as real well, one suffering. thing to point out, though, if they weren't financing it, creating it, and staging it, it wouldn't happen. So it's, it's almost like they, they have to no, stimulate it. No, it's no, no. If, uh, if people didn't give them the power to do that, it wouldn't be happening. If people didn't enable them to do it, it wouldn't be happening. That's what we should be saying. Not, well, if they didn't do this, it wouldn't be but, happening. No, if you didn't enable them to do it, it wouldn't be happening. But, well, how am I enabling them to do that? But also that to do well, what, though? Because if nothing's really happening, what are they being enabled to do? This is what saying nothing happened in Lahaina? Nobody got burned out? There were no fires? I don't think there that... I don't, no I don't, I don't, I don't think know, that... I've 15... actually heard people come back and say, oh, there were no real towers on 9-11. No, no, that's, that's, a, no that, that's a gross mischaracterization of anybody who's ever called it fake before. Nobody's ever said there were no towers. But with Lahaina, um, I don't think 1,500 kids got zapped by Chinese space lasers. No, I don't, I'm not... See, you're, you're setting up a straw man argument. 
I'm not saying that they aren't making shit up, exaggerating, fabricating death, bearing false witness to death. Of course they're doing that. They always do that. But I'm saying at a certain point, you have to address and deal with the real material consequences, the real material circumstances that are changing people's lives because of this simulation, see? Because of this bad fax printout that it turns out it explodes in your hands. Or well, what's the worst? Like, okay, like, like here's one. Let's say they use all these psyops to convince people that guns kill people, and they manage to get the public's support behind a massive gun grab. Then you could say, hey, oh, look, they will. They will. Trump, when they, I agree with the, you had a caller a few weeks ago who predicted, I think he's spot on about this. That, yeah, if they put Trump in, the first thing you're going to do is stage another one of these school shootings, and Trump is going to call for a national red flag law so they can identify precisely the individuals who they want to take guns away from. I agree with that, and we already got like 21 states that have red flag laws on the books. We got them right here in Maryland. See, I here's the thing. I kind of think that that's been a, a fear since, I guess, really uh, wake up. It's happening. It's happening. I don't think it is. It's happening. I no. Look, here's the thing. I kind of think that the gun grab is a perpetual psyop, kind of like they're going to take away women's right to abort or whatever. Like each not in mass. No, not in mass. But what they're going to do is they're going to create a situation where they can pick off people one by one and individually. They won't do it all. But no, but I'm saying that no, no, they're not going to go door to door collecting firearms. No, but what I'm saying, the the controversy never ends. They're always going to take our guns. They're always going to go for our wombs, and each side's always going to be trying to grab the other side's thing. So, like, look, listen, the right wing saying, right wing's like, we should not oppose red flag laws. Says, don't take my guns, but I'm going to take control of your wombs, and they're saying, hands off our wombs, we're going to take your guns, left, right, male, female. Well, that's a different argument. We're talking about red flag laws that would allow no. I'm saying these 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 family members to call the cops on you. It's like being swatted. Well, I think it also being, like I being think swatted. being swatted without the SWAT team. Being yeah, I, I understand that, but I think that these are um, special cases. They're exaggerated for effect to create well, the hype that they're going to take our guns. I disagree with you on that. One of the they're not going to take our guns. They're not going to take our guns. One of the first things I point out to anybody who's still identifying with Trump is the red flag law thing and where he's his history on that, where he stands on that. And yes, I would say, oh, Trump, he definitely wants to take away your gun. And even if they, now, let's say they did, it. let's say they did take all the AR-15s, I think it's also this kind of um, myth that if they take the guns in America, that's the last firewall to stop global terror. No, tyranny. no, not necessarily. I don't believe that. There's plenty of guns in circulation. What they would do is they make it impossible to buy ammunition, for one thing. They drive up the price of ammunition. But for what? Like, but isn't, look, isn't, the, isn't this all based on the fear that the government's going to come take over someday and... They're already in control. Well, they already have taken over. So what does they it matter? They already have taken over. Like I think it's a, I think it's a worthless thing to be afraid of. It's like not worth the time. No, I mean, it's, it's, it's not worth the time. It's a weapon. If someone tells me, oh, I'm a conservative, I'm supporting Donald Trump. I'm saying, oh, that's good. He wants to take. He wants red. He wants a national red flag law. So a, a girlfriend who you rejected ten years ago can call up the police and complain about your politics and say you're crazy. And that you shouldn't be in possession of firearms, and it send cops to your door to investigate, or just put you on a list, put your name on a list. 
Uh, well, but I'm saying, these, yeah, these are, look, I think, I see it on the left too, though. All day long on the leftist podcast, are talking about, hey, look what these Republicans are doing here to restrict abortion. Look what they're doing here to restrict access to uh, gender-affirming care. They're always bringing up these little things that show that the other side's about to take all their rights oh, away. Oh, yeah, right. No, but look, you but look, think red flag laws are not, are not I, a little thing. Red I, I, flag laws they, are not a little I, thing. I think they are. Right? I think that they're good. Oh. Here, no, here, let me finish my sentence. They're a no, no, they are, no. Here's what I'm saying. They're a big thing, but they go up, they get stricken down. They're never going to stick, but it's always going to antagonize. If they're kicking what the hornet's nest, I'm saying that the, the anti-gun people are kicking the hornet's nest in order to agitate and maintain the sidewalk, but they're never going to take the guns ever, ever, ever. Oh, I don't know whether they'll try to take the guns or not. I just know that they're what they want to do is identify. I'm things. not look. I'm not agitated whatsoever by the threat of it, but that's one of the main motivators for. Well, the I resi- think we'd be we'd be we'd be derelict in our duty if we didn't point out Trump's history and his current position on red flag laws and what that would mean in practical terms if you live in a state that already has a red flag law. And like I say, they're like twenty one. I didn't realize like 21 states now have red flag laws on the book. Okay, listen to because... Echo Charlie says. Echo Charlie says here we should be uh, vigilant on the infringement of our freedoms, and I'm saying, no, it's too late. They control your minds at such a deep level that this issue of the gun thing is a distraction. It's really a lost cause. It's a, yeah, it's it beyond really a lost, lost cause. cause. If if you if they took your mind, it doesn't matter what they do with your guns. It's a lost cause. I'm well, saying... that's important. That's important because if I say to somebody, well, that's already a lost cause. Trump and Trump, among others, sold you out on that a long time ago. I'm willing to say that, yeah. But I don't think that. But I'm not going to. I'm not going to give Donald Trump a pass for manipulating and deceiving. But uh, but Donald Trump is Donald Trump. He's part of the meta script. He's not an individual who could take responsibility. Your problem was with the screen itself, with the world view, the world stage. Yeah, that's an abstraction to most people. They don't see it in terms of the screen. They live with an abstraction in a simulation. And what I'm saying is when we pull out of the simulation, it won't be an abstraction. It's not to say that you can just categorically set aside all these political footballs, stop kicking them around, and focus on separating the objective from the simulation. And that's where I intend to go next, because I don't think there's any truth in the truth movement. I think at this point, it's too compromised. It's, It's staging area is the world stage. Yeah, I'm not sure if that's the case or not. I'm still, you know, you may be right about that. That it, that, but when you say the truth movement, I'm not really sure what you. I mean, that's such a generic term. I mean, the um, non-mainstream media. So anything that's basically to the right of Mao. Well, you know, I mean, that's already been <laughs> been through the ringer, all that stuff, and they've already got all these graduated animal farms out there to trap people, like Alex Jones. You know, they, they've got that out there to handle that sort of uh, dissent. But I am I am sensitive to the idea that I don't want to raise false hopes in people. And if you're saying that the gun issue is already a lost cause, the Second Amendment is already a lost cause, that's something, you know, that's a serious argument. Yeah, it is. It's a a huge divergence from the regular, what you would hear from people on the truther side that, hey, the gun grab is a a non-issue. And I'm saying that because I literally believe that it's a psyop to counter the womb grab issue that afflicts the left. I think these are parallel political football issues. And I'm looking at all of this stuff as worthy of just tossing it to the side and no longer considering it. Yeah, I mean, 
I'm perfectly willing to say, oh, it's too late now. It's too late. They've already passed these laws, and they're going to keep keep passing them. And uh, there's really nothing you can do about that. Uh, okay. Yeah. I, 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 in other words, I don't want to be spitting – I don't want to be on that hamster wheel. I don't want to be on a treadmill with people going after issues that really they can't do anything about anyway. Yeah, look, blue, and that may yeah. be the case. Blue that pillars are case. lost. It, the, they, they're lost. But you can actually reach. I believe you can reach only those uh, truther, red pill types who've gone past the mainstream and who've hit the fringe but somehow got steered into somehow thinking that they can win this thing. And those are the ones you have to just take away that hope and break the guardrail. You can't win, stop yeah, fighting. Yeah, what would winning look like? What would winning look like? But, I know what I think it would look like. What do you think winning would look like? Uh, for, for me, winning would look like a schism created where we have a parallel media with between 50 and 150,000 people who are pure media skeptics, and we analyze everything outside of their echo chambers. And, and then what would happen as a consequence of that? Cognitive in, in harmony, life? a peace of mind, de-stressing our world um, for us. So in other words, it's a philosophical movement. It's purely academic. It will have no right, And that would bring down the price of gas so people could afford it and the price of food so people could afford it. Yes. Actually, so would... if you de-stress your life and you take away all of the emotional ups and downs and roller coasters that go into the Siwar, you would actually liberate a great deal of cognitive surplus that you didn't realize was tied up. And I think it would improve health, and I think it would, in fact, affect your life in a lot of ways. And this is what skepticism has always been accredited with doing. Taking somebody out of the reaction mode to things that they cannot verify and putting them into something approaching quiescence, peace of mind. And so yeah. if we're in mind war, if everybody has a war in their mind because they saw it through the TV screen, I think what we should do is object to that mind war, unplug, and have peace of mind as a form of resistance, where I'm not kicking around footballs. I'm not mad or agitated about what the other side is doing because I'm watching from an overview. I have an overview perspective like the astronauts do. That's kind of what I'm doing with this. That's where I think it's going. But it has to go philosophical. And by deep, by really unplugging from the propaganda matrix, we're going to be untouchable. We won't be someone, we won't be plugged into their attention economy. And this has never been done before, by the way. I don't think this has been done. I think this is tantamount to a new enlightenment if we do it right. But we'll see if they stop it. I guess I'm more of a traditionalist in that respect. Uh, I want revolutionary tribunals. I want people publicly tried for what they've done over the last few decades of my life. Well, if they did do those public, things. I look, want to see public executions. If they did do those things. I want to see public executions. Public executions like, like on TV or like in public school. Like the way the Taliban does it. That's right. Like the way the Taliban does it. Or the way they do it in Iran. Or the way the Chinese communists do it from time to time. Where they'll actually execute somebody who's been caught involved in really egregious corruption. They'll execute them right there in the workplace for everybody to see. That's what I, I, this is a, I know most of your listeners won't have the stomach for this. They really won't. They'll be very offended by the idea of it. But no, I want to see real consequences. I want to see some justice done. That's something I kind of, it's an illusion I still believe in. It's accountability. Accountability. Justice. Yeah, I, I get yeah, that. Accountability. I, yeah. I, I like that. Yeah. I mean, it's Kafka esque. Yeah. We've been. Uh, voiceless, marginalized, lied to, against their own perceptions, gaslit, and we just want them to say, or not say, but we just want the accountability. Now, I realize, 
I realize there's a great amount of risk involved in a vision like that because things can rapidly spin out of control. <laughs> Certainly, you can get into that. What was that movie called? The Purge. Yes. I, you know, I, I, right, and I. That's I think what people are afraid of. I think I think people are very much afraid of that kind of situation. I'm not. I'm not. But then I'm 72 years old. I don't have many years left. And I want to see some justice done. I want to see some motherfuckers get what's coming to them. I really do. I, I, I want to see people. I want to see people say, "Whoa, that's what I want." I want people to be shocked. I want people to be, in a sense, terrified by what could happen to them if they go around bearing false witness or lying on camera the way these crisis actors have done. I want to see a society in which a Robbie Parker can't show his face anywhere or where his own kids turn against him. That's what I want to see. I think that's what Trump promised. I think one of the attractions that he has is that he reached out to the yes, conspiracy crowd. Yes, definitely appealed to people, right. He appealed to that tendency in people who, who have seen injustice or have been victimized by a corrupt system, and they want to see some justice done. They, want some, they, they basically want to see some, some, some uh, consequences for criminals. You know, it's like if you've been robbed or you've been assaulted. My muffler or, was know, stolen. You had your car stolen. My muffler you know? was taken, I mean, yeah. Right, right. I mean, are you, uh, well, I'll let it go. I'll let, no, I'll, I don't want to live with thoughts of revenge. No, no, no. I am consumed by thoughts of revenge around this stuff. I am. Now, okay, I'll what about this? The one thing I had with Q, my issue with them was no due process. It's like secret tribunals. Uh, get right, and I'm like, shouldn't we? But you know want... something? That's a technicality. That's a technicality. Believe me, believe me. When the time comes, you can make it all legal. You know, um, after 9/11, they passed something called the Military Commissions Act. It it bypasses all your constitutional rights because it it says that under conditions of an emergency and a war on terror. We can do extraordinary rendition, just pick people up and carry them off. We can torture people. We can do anything we want. I want to see those laws used. I don't want to see the motherfuckers that have gaslighted us get away with hiding behind the protection of their constitutional rights. I want to see them tried by military tribunals. So in a way, I'm in the same camp with a lot of these Q people you're talking about, aren't I? The difference is I have a more realistic view of how well, that Well, Q's happen. not new anyway. This idea of a retribution, the deep state thing, um, it's not exactly new, but it's never been something promised by a politician. And when Trump indirectly threw Q promised, we're going to deal with the deep state, we're going to drain the swamp, yeah. that's a huge... I felt, very different. I felt very differently about the George Floyd riots than you did. I didn't have any problem with people saying defund the police. I wouldn't go out of my way to say defund the police, but I wouldn't lift a finger to stop it because they're corrupt. They're rotten to the core. And when I saw young people going out and rioting against the police, yeah, I understand exactly what they're doing. Those are, there's probably a few kids, a few young people there that have been bullied by cops. The cops have pushed them around or busted them for something stupid. Um, there, there's plenty of justify and, and the racial thing as well. The racial thing as well. 
so, you know, it's not like, you know, what do you want to do? You want to get up and defend these dirty, corrupt cops? Every cop is a Sandy Hook liar in my book. Every cop in this country is a Sandy Hook liar, and every fireman is a 9-11 liar. And yeah, I want them called out for it. I want them held accountable for it. Even if it's only putting their picture in the... In, uh, putting their picture online saying, look what this bastard did. Even if it's only that. Or turning their family against them. I love that. I love that. I love that idea. Because look how they've split families over the the vax, for one thing. So, yeah, I do want to divide families. I do. You know, like that gospel passage. You know, I want to turn father against son and son against father. I kind of want to see that. Well, okay, there's a movie coming out. Uh, AG directed a movie called Civil War that's coming out in a few months, and many people have already remarked on this thing. Well, hey, what's so bad about Civil War? Like, is there a demand for it? Is there, like, a mutually agreed-upon desire to purge the other side? And maybe we are getting there in a lot of ways where people can openly espouse these opinions. Yeah, you would have avoided a civil war over slavery, wouldn't you? You would would have, one way or another, done everything possible to prevent a civil war over slavery. Now now that we're, we're into, like, Nikki Haley country here. In other words, you would have told all those abolitionists in Massachusetts and Pennsylvania and New York, hey... This isn't really worth going to war over. Would that have been your attitude? Uh, no, no, no. In fact, um, I, I would have been an abolitionist. I'm a conscientious objector to war, sci war. Slavery is a state of war. It's a prisoner of war status. I wouldn't support that. Well, a lot of people don't realize that the Civil War really started in 1855 in Kansas. It was called Bleeding Kansas. And it was already a shooting war between anti-slavery settlers that moved in, the so-called Jayhawkers and the Free Soilers, and uh, the so-called Border Ruffians, who were pro-slavery people from Missouri mostly. And that was really, uh, uh, you know, five years before Fort Sumter, there was an ongoing war in Kansas, the ter- Kansas Territory, over whether it was going to enter the Union as a slave state or a free state. And whether that was worth fighting over. Um, if I'd been living in Kansas, yeah, I would have had to take sides in that. I really, I wouldn't have been able to stand aside and say, oh, they're just trying to divide us. Oh, they're just trying to provoke a civil war. No, the civil war was real. But today, though, but today, though, a civil war would be over what? What would be the, the thing that would motivate people to actually do it? Is it just the fact that they've lied, manipulated? And well, nationalism, look, look. I realize that this is what the, the the Trump manipulators have picked up on, but nationalism is a form of resistance to globalism. Now, it doesn't mean that you it doesn't mean you want that nationalism to be racist or totalitarian or fascist. You know, we're not looking for a Hitler or Mussolini here, but I think the the urge of people to fall back on national on America as a nation. Now you're going to say that's over anyway. We live in a global world. The idea of nation states is a total illusion. People need to to wake up. If to the globe, smell the coffee. If the globe's an that illusion, the United States, the United States is over. 
And I'm willing to tell people that. I'm willing to say, what is the flag? You're waving an American flag. What do you think Look, that is? what if the United it's States is just a Truman show? Like, like, I mean, I know this gets into this these bigger questions, but when we're talking about the fakeability of events and the fakeability of our worldview, um, we're confronting this area where, like, I mean, and I was in the military. Like, I, I, I understand patriotism and all that. But at the same time, is some of this stuff? Oh, in your military, they never really kill anybody. Is that right? Well, no. I mean, what, no. I'm not saying what I'm saying here is that they never really shoot anybody in places like Iraq or Syria or Afghanistan. Look, I'm not denying yeah, like that US people die. Mili- we, we have like three U.S. military bases on Syrian territory right now, but you think it's the all burden fake. of proof is on the person making the claim. How many people are you saying died? And then we can go to case by case. But what I will say is that just as they fake school shootings. They fake all kinds of things everywhere. It doesn't mean everything's fake, but we have to be very specific about it and not take things for granted when we know they use decoys, dummies, simulation, lies, and always have. And this has been the case since the beginning of media, so I'd never take anything for granted. You are listening to Infinite Plane Radio. Stick around for live call-in shows. Stay for the music and recent replays. 